Hello, one and all. Welcome to another MMCU. It is 12-20-2023, and believe it or not, I had to say that four times, five times now, because I keep failing. I can't say 12-20-2023 very well. Look at that. I can say it now because I've done this. So, how are you all doing? Uh, seasons of greetings, everybody. Happy holidays. Whatever uh, agnostic greeting you prefer right now i don't care because you know what i think globally for the most part this time of the year is very much about being the person you kind of wish you were or maybe just a a plus up a little kinder a little gentler a little more patient with folks right uh to everyone out there who struggles during these seasons uh, my heart goes out to you uh, it's not easy right uh sometimes the burden of family whether we have it or not, or some other things. Uh, consumerism, right? That's a big one. That one hits hard during this holiday season. In any case, uh, our heart goes out to you, one and all, from Robot Cash. It has been a lovely year. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, keep it up to date with us. Being a listener of this podcast and kind of believing in our mission. It means a lot to me and it means a lot to all of us here that you are still steadfast in your dedication and support of us. So, Anyway, it's been an interesting year for games, hasn't it? I'm not going to do a full year in review podcast just yet, but uh, the layoffs. The layoffs are the big one that's hurt, and uh, I don't think you can talk about this year without referring to them, and uh, without talking about too many of the causes, I want to focus on the people out there that are certainly looking for work, and um, shout out to the people on LinkedIn who are certainly providing a significant amount of resources for them. They're angels. They're absolute angels to this industry. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the news. There's a lot I wanted to talk about today. Um, there's a big hack that happened, and it's not exactly a very pleasant thing for anybody. Um, so Insomniac Games got hacked. Uh, they were being held ransom for the information that the hackers uh, surfaced, and... Uh, I think it was 50 bitcoins that they were asking for. I've got to find the article, but uh, they didn't pay. And now there's a bunch of information out there on kind of the slate of games that Insomniac had. And I think there's some assets that are going around too. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ethical debates on whether or not game news sites should report on those the contents of those. Um, but Chase on LinkedIn... Uh, uh, that's his first and last name, just Chase. Just He has one name. Um, shout out to you for pointing out that the thing that matters most right now is that we can all choose whether or not we want to click on those articles and read them. And I think that is kind of like voting with your dollars. So uh, shout out to all them, all the people, the devs that are currently undergoing this. Um, in relation to it, um, I wanted to point out uh, this tweet I read um, from someone, say, Yang Ye. Is that how you say it? Uh, no developer deserves what hackers are doing to Insomniac right now. Beyond the leaked materials for upcoming games like Wolverine, they're essentially doxing the employees by publicizing private and personal info, thereby endangering their lives and and all right before the holidays. And that's true. Uh, what What is to be gained from this? Uh, I wanted to ask. I don't really understand the point. I understand the extortion part because people are terrible and they do that. Um, times are tough, I guess. Uh, 
but harassing individual developers that create the games that we love I never understand that concept. I've been a community manager for a long time in the gaming industry, and I just never understand why you would be so mean to the people that put their heart and soul into the things that you like to enjoy. It's just, uh, it's disheartening, and I hope this doesn't become more common. So, yeah, that's that's a scary one out there. All right. Let's, uh, okay, there is a... There's this article at GameDeveloper.com that says Game Developers 2023 Wrap-Up 10 Must-Read Deep Dives. And these are like deep dives into just like the development world. Um, For example, deep dive, how the composer of Wizard with a Gun brought cowboys and wizards together, right? Sounds pretty cool and interesting. Um, This one, 1,000 Little Post-It Notes, an interview with a developer of He Came From Beyond. Um, And... uh, it's, it talks about, yeah, I was reading through it. Somewhere. I was going to read some of it here, but uh, we have a lot of other things to talk about too. Deep Dive, Five Lessons Learned from 10 Years of Ingress. How Tarn Adams upgraded an optimized dwarf for- fortress for its official Steam release. And uh, based on that one, okay, and there's a bunch of other articles there too. Uh, I want to really <laughs> read you one piece of the Dwarf Fortress article. Uh, I have to do this one hand because I'm holding the microphone in the other hand right now, so forgive me. That's not a euphemism either. Hey, come on. Come on. Be good here. It's PG for the most part. Uh, where was it? Why can't I find the quote now? Um, long story short, it was about the dwarves in general as being uh, a race of characters historically in uh, fantasy that the way that the programming worked, if if the if it basically forced the developers to be stubborn or to do crazy things, it made sense because they were dwarves and it would make less sense possibly if they were like Tolkien-esque elves or something like that. So, because we always associate dwarves with being stubborn, right? And stuck in their ways and then they're in the mountain and they do all that. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, little quote in there. But um, these types of articles and this uh, summary, I'll put it in the uh, Discord in the news section. But this is... This is the juicy stuff. This is the cool stuff in industry that I get excited to wake up in the morning about hearing developers and the creative process behind every aspect of the games we love. Isn't that cool? I hope you do too. So let's keep it positive. Let's let's try to do that. Um, (laughs) I say that. uh, I say that and then I have some bad news. I I really got to work on ordering this. Uh, Forgive me here. Um, But the voice of Max Payne passed away this last week. Um, James McCaffrey is only 65 years old. Uh, if you, you might have known him also in that show Rescue Me. But yeah, it's sad to see him uh, pass away. So rest in peace, James. Uh, gaming industry, I know, has sent a lot of outpouring support for your work and who you've been. So, All right, and here's an opinion piece I wanted to share. It's Adventure Beat right now, and it's, uh, I think it's an opinion. It's a, no, it's an article by Dean Takahashi, and uh, it's talking about like uh, the Nexon CEO here and something they said. And the, the title of the article is How to Free Game Developers from Working in Content Factories. And uh, it says, Shortly after Owen Mahoney announced he was stepping down next year as CEO of Nexon, I interviewed him about why he chose to do that. And we had a chance to hear from him a second time at our Games Beat 
at the Games Award event. At that event, Mahoney said that AAA games are ripe for disruption. And it's a funny thing coming from him because he's still running a company that has a lot of AAA games, albeit ones that are more as games of service. Um, he said, uh, here it is. <laughs> Where is it? Right here. In our talk, Mahoney said this AAA game was made with fewer than 100 developers. This is what Mahoney meant by disrupting AAA games. He said it surprised him that so many people had asked him why he was stepping down. He says, we've been public for 12 years. I've been CEO for 10 years. The average lifetime of a CEO of a public company our size is roughly six and a half years or so. So 10 years is a very long time. And you know, Nexon has always run its business for the long term. And a big part of building long-term shareholder value, which I would argue we have been very effective doing, is about making sure you've got a strong team and a strong succession plan. Look at that. Thinking about the future. Uh... He added that that is really corporate governance topic, which is not really the topic of your show today. But just briefly on that, most companies and especially most media companies talk a really good game about corporate governance. But they actually, when it comes time to actually dealing or governance, they they actually do kind of a bad job of, of it. And yet most of these companies that secure according to their rules are running off the rails and somehow need fixing. So then he talks about, you know, the content mills and that type of thing. Um it's really interesting. Really art article. Uh, he also, here, one more for you. Um, we also came up with the first free-to-play game, Quiz Quiz. Most people don't recognize that, but we've also wanted to build a business that lasts for a long time. He noticed that most games go up and then down. And that trope, he says, has existed as long as I've been in the industry, which has been 20 years now. That trope, trope or sort of bromide means that people believe games can't last forever. But Nexon calls its game Forever Franchises and has proven that with MapleStory, which is not huge in the West, it's huge in Asia as a massive franchise. Um, yeah, so here's the, here's the whole meat of the article, what we were getting at here and why I wanted to uh, bring it up. These games can continue to grow forever. And that has enabled to create new businesses because the business model does not require Nexon to replace old games with new games, which is more like the sequel or franchise model. Rather, Nexon can feed its revenues into investing in games that are highly innovative. That's what enabled the finals from Nexon's Embark Studios, new game that just came out. So it's really interesting, you know, you make all these games um, and it's not necessarily a content mill for one game. That money can feed into other games, expand your business, create more creative enterprises, create opportunities for all these people that are looking for work in the gaming industry. Anyway, I know that was a roundabout way to get there, but I wanted to kind of give that person a little bit of credit and add some background as to why I brought that up and uh, see how I tied that together. Look at that. It's almost like I put a few minutes into this. <laughs> um... I know I said keep it positive, and I, uh, I'm i going to reorder these a bit better. So maybe we can front load it with a couple good news items. Maybe we can go in the middle, you know, some downers that are kind of good to hear about, though, keeping the news, you know. And then maybe we'll end on some good notes. So if that format works for you, DM me as you do. All right, so this article, and I don't want to, this is a business. We're not going to take any sides or anything, but I thought this is a really interesting article. It says, we have to talk again about how Ward war games depict the middle east and i have a lot of friends that have uh, a lot of friends family and are from in that area and i think uh as someone who has greatly been educated by the knowledge and experience of others i feel very um informed that my 
point of view has certainly changed over the years as new information has been presented to me. And so if you look at certain media throughout the years and how certain things are being portrayed, uh, it's not saying that we can't be creative, but we certainly should be empathetic, sympathetic, and uh, attentive to this new global environment that we're in. So it's a really good article. It's at Kotaku. Um, it says, uh, the subtitle is Narratives Perpetuated by Games Like Call of Duty to Contribute to the Tone of the Israel-Palestine Conflict. And uh, whether or not you believe that to be true, I think it's good to, as I said, educate ourselves on these topics and then hear other people's opinions. So do check that out. It's a very interesting article. Um, and uh, I'll save this article uh, for the end so we can end on a fun note. Kind of a fun note. It's more gallows, not gallows humor, but like, you'll see. But before we do that, uh, one article that just came out today, it says Steam keys for this gaming disaster are being sold for hundreds of dollars. So the day before it came out, number one wishlisted game on Steam, I believe, and uh, sold a lot of copies, but it wasn't the game that a lot of people thought it was supposed to be. Um, and now it's been discontinued, the developer and publisher or whatever are, are no more. Uh, but Steam Keys for this game, or not Steam Key, yeah, it's Steam Keys, like I said, uh, are being sold for a lot because I think the servers are still up and people want to jump in and experience this. So are we seeing a new environment of limited edition games? Are we seeing scarcity? It's interesting. Maybe not. Maybe people just want this historical item. It's a very, very interesting concept. All right. Now here's something, the final one I want to get into. Uh, now, there's not a whole lot of robot cash news. It's the final week before we all go on break. Sorry, everyone, if you came here for some RC news today. It's just not going to happen. People have been heads down working on their things. There's been a lot of people using their PTO, that type of thing. It's going to be pretty quiet until uh, January 2nd when we're back in the office. So anyway, final article. This is a fun one. It says, it sucks to buy anything in 2023. Subheadline: It doesn't matter how do you, how you try to buy that next console, movie, toy, or meal. It's all bad. And who's the writer of this? Zach Zweizen at Kotaku? Dude, I like your writing. Great job. Uh, it says... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you the first couple paragraphs and I'll jump around the article because it's got some really fun tidbits. Um, it says, Recently, my wife and I went out to do some Christmas shopping. We also grabbed some lunch while we were out. Brought dinner home, rented a movie, and bought a game to play the next day it should have been a chill weekend but it wasn't in 2023 thanks to greedy billionaires and giant shitty companies buying just about anything is a horrible experience as human beings reading the internet in 2023 i'm sure you are all aware of how shitty it is these days to buy dot 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 anything so this post isn't intended to point out some hidden truth or reveal some new part of the world you weren't aware of. Instead, I'm just tired and wanted to assure you all that, yes, it's bad out there. It's getting worse and it all sucks so much. <laughs> and it's like shopping online sucks, right? Because you got to wait because of the fees sometimes. Shopping at the store is horrible because uh, it goes on to say a bit about like he looked online. Was it going to be at this store? He went to the store. It wasn't at the store. And then the overworked employees, which is really smart to note uh, Note in this, uh, said, I don't know, maybe it'll be around in next Tuesday or something. Um, and I like this uh, 
these couple paragraphs. It says, so we went to self-checkout only to discover long lines due to some machines not working. One person was in charge of managing the machines and all the people using them. It was also not going well. And to be clear, none of this is the fault of the overworked, underpaid workers desperately trying to make a living while being yelled at by Karens for coughing or not smiling enough. Don't take away from this exasperation that I'm mad at the staff at Taco Bell or Target or anything like that. I'm mad at their bosses and everyone above them who are slowly squeezing us all into a paste that they can scrape off their boots and throw away once we run out of money. Isn't that the truth, right? Uh, I'm very happy to be employed here. I'm very uh, grateful for our family here at Robot Cash, the community, the investment that people have made in us. I'm speaking from a very uh, privileged position. Uh, there have been times when, uh, let me share a quick story. Uh, in my career post-college, uh, I had multiple credit cards and debit accounts. And uh, I just wanted to buy some soup at a Target one day. And none of that worked. And uh, it was a very it was during rush hour and it was very embarrassing. So I, I grew up in a not-so-well-to-do uh, family. And... Um, I know how it is to struggle. So uh, my, my heart hurts when we see stuff like this. But we're all in it together, I think. And um, I think, uh, you know, when you're out there shopping, just be a little kinder to each other. I know it's a Christmas and holiday season, but there's a lot of people that are overworked and stressed. So just keep that in mind a little bit. But, you know, swinging it back to RC a little bit, uh, I do keep thinking about these situations and how... People, uh, I'm a collector of action figures and comic books, and people can sell all of those. Uh, I've seen people in my communities that I'm in uh, do that as they're experiencing some financial hardship, and I wonder, why can't we do that with our digital games across the board? So I'm very happy to be here at Robot Cash, not to just provide you know an income source in times of need, but I think we're, we're on to something that the industry certainly needs that just when you talk about why can't you do that? Why can't you sell your digital games? You know, like that doesn't make any sense. I know that you can, if you explain it to someone, it's because licensing and all that and, you know, certain relationships and the way that things are, but really shouldn't you be able to do that anyway? So that's, that's the podcast, the pre, uh, can I say Christmas? You know, I know we, can I say holiday? I don't, what do I say? Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Uh, in any case, I you know call it what you will. I don't care. Um, that's what I'm gonna say. I, I love Christmas music. It's been on here non-denominational most of the time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm rambling. I'm just really ha- excited to be here, and I'm really happy that we have this year of podcasts behind us. And uh, I'm very very excited about the next year that's coming up. And I know I've said that a lot, but we'll get into that more uh, in the new year. So there will be a podcast next week, and. Uh, If you feel so inclined, uh, share your Christmas story with us in the Discord or a Christmas gaming story. Have you ever received anything special that noteworthy? Are you literally the Nintendo 64 kid? And do you want to tell me the truth behind that? Ping me. I'd love to hear it. (laughs) All right, everyone. Uh, Be safe out there. Drink uh, safely and eat too much. All right. 